Welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. My name is Matt Walgren. I'm excited to be here. I've been a frequent guest on uh, Travel Radio Podcast, and Megan invited me to be a guest host for this episode because I met this lovely woman. Um, welcome, Lisa Redman. Excited to have you on today. She is a 50-year native of Napa Valley, specifically St. Helena, and I recently connected with her, and we were just talking. We spoke about my first experience in St. Helena about 12 years ago, and I've been back several times, but when we got to talking, she told me about all these different experiences that I never even knew about, and she agreed to share her secrets with all of us, and so we're just really excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Matt. I am happy to be here and am excited because Napa Valley has partially opened up this week, meaning awesome. we have wineries open, we have restaurants open, we're starting to see some people bustling in our downtowns, and we're just excited to have our tourism back after a few months of, of being, being down. Cool. And that's exciting because I know where I live, we're still pretty locked down. They've opened up outdoor eating. Um, but I know a lot, um, you know, as a travel advisor myself, I know I have a lot of clients that are itching to do scenery. And so I think uh, Napa is going to be another, it's always a hit destination, but I think it's going to be another hit destination. I think people, they don't want really to travel so far from home. You know, they just want maybe a short flight over from the other side of the country or maybe a drive. So I think road trips and short flights are going to be huge. And then what I love, you know, because typically, you know, I book a lot of Italy and I feel like a lot of people now just, they don't want to go there right now. And so this is kind of, you know, if you, if you were, if you wanted to go to Italy this year and now you can't and you're disappointed, well, Napa Valley is the perfect substitute. Don't you think? Absolutely. We've got our little tiny grapes growing on our vines, uh, turning into these beautiful clusters. So it's a beautiful time of year to be here in the vineyard and then out in our downtowns. In Napa, we're all working very hard to be able to see our visitors in a safe way and preparing for people to come back. Cool. So just why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what your story is. Absolutely. So I uh, am a 50-year local, like you mentioned, to the Napa Valley, and I have been in the wine producing business for 50 years. And how I got my start is kind of a fun story. It's the reason why I'm sitting uh, in front of an A&W root beer sign, because my family came to the Napa Valley, the Redmond, Redmond family came to the Napa Valley in the early 70s to buy the A&W root beer restaurant that's located right in the heart of St. Helena. That was my family's business. So we moved around the Bay Area as a kid and we, bought and sold and ran A&W restaurants for a living. So we moved here and started operating this restaurant for 35 years, pouring root beer for the tourists. And my family uh, ended up taking all the profits from that business and buying real estate in the Napa Valley for over that 35 years. And one of the things that was purchased was a vineyard. And that's what gave me my start, is I had no formal education. I was actually uh, living in San Francisco, uh, working in technology. 
It was my last uh, corporate career, and I came back home to my hometown of St. Helena and started producing wine, started in my garage with some of the grapes from my family's vineyard and an idea and a big white bucket and some home winemaking equipment that you can come see if you decide to come and visit me. Started with that little home winemaking project and uh, took it to uh, the Napa County Fair and won some awards in a home winemaking competition. Wow. which was best of show and best of Cabernet. And that's what decided me. That's how I decided to start producing wine. Now, 20 years later, I have a brand that is uh, very exclusive. You can only buy the wines if you come to see me or go to my website. Uh, I produce five different varietals, some high-end reds. We'll talk a little bit more about today. And I have people come to my little farmhouse in the vineyard and we taste some wine and we taste uh, the, the Cabernets from just this really beautiful vineyard that the Redmond family owns. And we'll talk a little bit more about the 50 year old vines that are on that property. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm already excited about visiting. It's been, I think it's been, maybe last year was probably the last time I went. And um, it's interesting because my first experience 12 years ago, as I mentioned, was we came to found out it was actually a friend of yours. I think you went to Tish. You guys went to high school uh, and kids play and now Tish Wagner. Yeah, Tish Tish Wagner. Yeah. So we um she's the one I we used to work together and we planned this this work event out there. And so that was my first taste of Napa. And it's it's gonna be fun to see what your your version of uh Saint Helena is, you know, your what you like to do there. Um so yeah, how about uh, you just start by telling us about like one of your favorite experiences? Absolutely. So I have a girlfriend that I went to high school with. She's part of the Parnicelli family who came over to Napa from Italy in the early 1930s and bought this old barn that's in the in kind of hidden in, in downtown of St. Helena and they started a Napa Valley olive oil company. And what's fun about visiting this olive oil company is it's really a little trip back in time. I've been to their um, sister place, uh, olive oil company in Italy, and it's very similar to uh, the one here in St. Helena. It's in an old white barn, you'll see here, with uh, an American flag and an Italian flag, so you, Enter this old barn, and the first thing you see is the walls are wallpapered with old business cards, all the way back from when they first started. Some <laughs> are hanging down, um, taped down, sort of hanging. The others cover the walls, and there's a cement floor, and then there's this great assortment of all kinds of different oils, olive oils that they produce aged bulk sonic vineyard, salamis, cheeses, anything you can think of that you would want for a, a picnic. If you get someone that speaks English, you're lucky. So typically what happens is you, you get, your, get your goods together, you go up to the cash register, which there is no cash register. So they cut a piece of butcher paper, they put it down on the counter and they add up by hand the items that you have, literally like carrying the one, adding them all up, getting the total at the bottom. 
They note credit cards or checks. They'll take your cash and they'll put it in a cigar box in a roll top desk and they'll shut, shut the money in to keep it safe. They always throw something in there that uh, is like a little free item. And if you take their olive oil to go and want to uh, take it on an airplane or take it with you, they'll take some masking tape and they'll put it around the top of the olive oil bottle, homemade label, homemade glue, and they'll package up oil to go. Homemade glue? Wow. <laughs> really fun little trip back in time and amazing oil and just a fun place to visit. Sounds awesome. Cool. So that sounds like a really um, amazing experience. And just, you know, I'm a lot of my friends, we love food, all kinds of different foods, um, things like this. What, what other kind of food experience or restaurants or bars would you recommend in the area for foodies? Well, I'll give you an assortment of four or five of my favorite places to visit with some of the items that I, that I go there for. So the first is a little bakery in downtown St. Helena. And it's a fun little spot that you can sit sometimes outside um, or right inside windows facing Main Street St. Helena. So you can kind of see the people uh, mulling up and down the street. Uh, you can get lunch, you can get breakfast, they have pizzas, they do all kinds of really special desserts. But what they're famous for is their English muffins. So people come from all over to get these English muffins. And I highly recommend you sit, uh, get a spot in the bakery and look outside and get your English muffin with some nice jam and butter and uh, have yourself a nice breakfast. They look great. <laughs> Another great spot, it's kind of a hidden little spot, is at Cliff Family Winery. And they're uh, right on the main street as well in downtown St. Helena. And what they did is they contracted with um, an amazing chef here to create some really great um, sort of Italian, Northern Italian style um, flatbreads and different gourmet foods in this amazing little food truck they have parked outside of their winery. There might be a little bit of a line, but people come and they get this really great, um, typically lunch food and grab a glass of wine at the winery. And then they sit out on the back patio and enjoy the food. You can do a wine tasting. You can just grab a glass of wine and sit out um, with, and enjoy this amazing menu and a lot of little like all fresco style of, of having having lunch in, in St. Helena. Cool. Did you say this is parked out near a winery and you do a wine tasting there or? Uh, yeah, this is probably about a uh, quarter mile, half a mile from my facility. Okay. Our own wine tasting there that, that you can do. Awesome. My next favorite is the world famous Scott's Roadside. And when I was coming up, this used to be called Taylor's Refresher. And it was actually a little drive-in that competed with AW, my family's restaurant back then. Today, it's uh, sort of a gourmet um, drive-in that you can come and get burgers and milkshakes, but also things like fish tacos and Brussels sprouts and street corn. Be prepared to wait in line. Uh, the line typically wraps all the way around the restaurant on uh, summer days. 
Um, a little tip is you can call in your order um, and you can pick it up if, if the line looks overwhelming. But they have an amazing little back lawn area with lots of umbrellas and chairs. And one of the little tips about this um, restaurant is it's a great place to bring kids because it's all fenced in. And mm. so when I when my two boys were young, we would come here on Friday nights. It was kind of locals night, and we'd bring a bottle of wine and we'd order our food and we'd all let our kids run while we while we had dinner. So uh, it's you don't want to miss this one. Awesome. Uh, one of the more upscale restaurants here is right outside of St. Helena in the old outlet center. Any of you have uh, visited that? And it's called Brasswood. The restaurant um, opened right after one of our uh, most famous restaurants closed, which was Trevina in downtown St. Helena. And so what they did was they took their chef with them who continued on with a uh, food item that was on the Trevina menu that is now on the Brasswood menu, but it's not really on the menu. So you have to know about it and ask about it when you get there. It's the pulled mozzarella. Mm. They do it by hand, they cut it, they pour olive oil on the top and some sea salt at your table and it's absolutely amazing. This is a great place to go on a Friday night. Often many vintners are there at the bar having this pulled mozzarella and having their cocktails with friends. So it's just an upbeat, lively restaurant that's situated in this um, location where they have shops and restaurants and a bakery and lots of things to, to look around and see. Sounds amazing. The picture here, you know, when you it first came up, I thought it was like hummus, but that's actually, that must be the mozzarella yes. in there. So interesting. Yeah. So I, I mentioned on Facebook that I was going to be doing this podcast and someone had written, said, oh, I love St. Helena. I miss uh, the restaurant, Chavinia, the one that you had just mentioned. So I guess I can tell them that the chef is now at Brasswood and if she wants that pulled mozzarella, now she knows where to go. Exactly. Cool. So my favorite view, restaurant with a view, is Auberge. And, and this is left, located up in the hills. I was just there last Friday night with five girlfriends. So they're open and, and going strong with reservations. Most all the places and wineries and restaurants in Napa now do require a reservation after COVID. But we sat out on the deck, most amazing view in the valley. And there's kind of two ways to uh, go here. On one side of the, the deck is their Michelin star rated restaurant, 13 consecutive times in a row, uh, Michelin rated. And it's an amazing fine dining experience. On the other side of the deck is a bar menu. And that's also fun bar items, great cocktails, one of the biggest, most um, intense wine menus in the Valley. So you can pick uh, almost anything you want to, to sample as far as wines and participate even, either on the bar side of things or on the, the restaurant side of things. Wow, looks incredible. <laughs> yeah, last but not least, 
um, Goose and Gander in St. Helena. They're not quite open yet. I'm kind of waiting to see where, when they get, they get their go ahead. But what uh, I think about this restaurant is one great creative menu, great chef, uh, amazing bar. So there is the upstairs restaurant. There's a, a patty outside where there's a beautiful koi pond. Nice place to sit in the summertime when the weather's warmer and have your dinner. If you take the stairs down, going down underneath the house, you get into their English style pub bar that is uh, brick all around, brick walls, fireplace, big leather chairs, great cocktails. So you can see some of those here, but it's a great place to sit at the bar. Best duck fry, best duck fries on the planet. Duck fries, wow. Really great, great menu. So do you, I don't want to put you too much on the spot. Do you remember a favorite cocktail that you had had there? What it, what it was in it? Well, all I remember is they're not only taste good, but they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They, yeah, they look beautiful. flowers, they have cucumbers on the side of the glasses, and um, they look really fancy when, you, when, you, when they bring them to your table. Wow. Cool. So um, how about, I know you're a smaller boutique winery and we all know about the big ones. Like a lot of people come to Napa and they think, okay, I got to go to Robert Mondavi or I got to go to um, Castello di Amorosa and some of these big ones. Um, but I want to hear more about more wineries like yours. Like what, what are the smaller boutique wineries? What are those like? Well, as a small winery owner, I tend to uh, run with other small winery owners. And I have a group of three women. We all uh, own our own uh, family, small, small wine brands, boutique wine brands. And my friend Sharon Harris owns a brand called Rare Cat Wines. And she's an interesting woman because she produces wines from both Bordeaux and the Napa Valley and Champagne. So you can visit her and have two glasses of Cabernet that side by side that she can talk about um, from two different regions, which is a, a great experience. And then she has a, a nice selection of sparkling wine and uh, champagne, three different, three different varietals that she produces. Um, it's a great one to start out with in the day if you want to start with some bubbles. My uh, set the second woman in our group uh, is the daughter of the Ilsley family vineyards and they have a really interesting background. They came to the valley about 50 years ago and have been selling their grapes to Schaefer family for uh, all of those years. Um, her brothers and her uh, got together and started their own wine brand and now have a great little tasting that they do. Um, all of these, all three of us are sort of hidden gems, so they're not advertised. You have to um, look through Matt or, or be able to find us all because we're, we're very tucked away. So let's talk about, so last time I, I'll talk a little bit about an experience I had um, a couple years ago when I had gone actually not uh, Napa, but the other side of the hill, Sonoma, and just getting around, um, we decided just the group of, I was with, well, we'll, we'll just Uber everywhere, right? 
Um, but it ended up, you know, there's not as many Ubers there as there are where I live. And there was some confusion because of signals. And sometimes we didn't have saw reception. It ended up being kind of a hassle to have to like call up Uber and then wait and not know when they're going to show up um, when we're kind of trying to flow. So I just wanted to ask you like, what's your recommendations on how to get around or if you have any drivers or interesting people that would drive you around? Absolutely. The transportation company you choose, in my opinion, can make or break your trip. You wanna have a local on your side. You wanna have someone with a fun personality that knows the back roads, that can make suggestions to um, wineries and restaurants and just really uh, help you have a, have a great trip here. There's a couple ways to go. There are drivers that own their own cars. And so they can come in and pick you up in a limo or an SUV or a van if you have a big group. There are also drivers that will drive your own car or your own rental car. And you can pay them by the hour to get you to our wineries and get you back in the car safely and make sure you get to each of your appointments on time and uh, without any hassle. Awesome about your wines and different kinds now how about like where to stay like what are, what are the different kinds of accommodations that one might think of looking into when they're there whether they're city or, or whatever sure lots of different choices so there are beautiful resorts that you can um you know be up in the hills or um, closer to town that will have swimming pools and spas and beautiful rooms and, um, you know, small, some smaller, some bigger, but really high-end um, resorts that you can come with your family or your, your uh, significant other and really have a, a, a kind of a complete experience there on the property. We also have these little cottage-style bed and breakfast um, Places that you can stay, Yauntville is known for a lot of that in the center of the valley where you can stay in these little cottages and kind of walk to the downtown and do your, your tasting in Yauntville. Um, there's also some hotels that are located right in the, the downtowns of the cities, in downtown Napa or in downtown St. Helena or downtown Calistoga where really you can just walk right out your front door and then be on the main streets and go down and um, have some food at night and be able to walk right back to your hotel. Cool. So you can kind of, if you want to be close to the restaurants and bars and walking distance, there's that. But if you kind of want to get out a little bit more in the middle of a vineyard or something and see those scenic views a little bit more remote, they kind of got you covered. So, um, I have to ask this question. I hope you're not offended, but I, the question everybody likes to ask, and that's, you know, you've seen it on I Love Lucy and all those kind of shows, but the grape stomping. So is that something that you can do in Napa? Is that offered? Have you done it? What's that like? Okay, well, it happens during harvest. So okay, so you do, it is a thing. It's not just on TV. <laughs> yeah, and the main winery that does that is Gurgich Hill. So you can make an appointment and you can um, go get your, uh, barrel, half barrel of grapes and get your feet dirty. Cool. That sounds awesome. I've never done that. I wasn't even sure if people still did that or if that was just kind of a stereotype. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad you answered that question in stride. Um, so I want to go now. 
Um, but when when is the best time, or even if not the best time, what what's it like in different seasons? So if I went in summer or fall or winter, what's the the, the experience going to be like? What's the difference? Well, the crowds come during harvest, and okay. so it's usually you know the, kind of the mid to last part of September through October, and um, that's when the grapes are being harvested off the vines. You can go to the wineries and actually see the wine being produced. Oftentimes, you're going to see the trucks going up and down the, the Highway 29 with the grapes in the back. So that's um, kind of when all the excitement around harvest happens. Okay. I have a little uh, trick or favorite time that I suggest to people come the last week of October. Last week of October. Okay, I'm writing that down. Uh, the vines are still colored. The oranges and the yellows and the beautiful fall colors, but the crowds have kind of left. Okay. So last week in October is one of my favorite times uh, for, to suggest to people. We also have a beautiful spring we just went through where the whole valley is kind of a light colored green and, um, you know, things are starting to happen on the vines. And then in February, we have our mustard season where the whole valley looks like a yellow carpet because the mustard, um, Flowers are growing, and it's just wow. a beautiful time to come. So it sounds like it's pretty much any time. Maybe winter would be avoid. It's going to rain more. It probably looks more drab because there's no green vine. Well, there's nothing on the vines. The vines would be doormat in winter. Right. But I'll tell you, you get a lot more attention at the wineries because uh, as many people are there. Right. Okay. So if you want a more exclusive experience, awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, um, is it okay? We'll put up uh, those photos and stuff we talked about, but. If people have questions or is it okay if they contact you, you can put up your phone number? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, my phone number, 707-235-0282. That's right to me. You can go to my website, redmondwines.com. That's R-E-D-M-O-N. Um, click the shop button and you can join my mailing list is a great way to uh, be engaged. You can also follow me on either Instagram or Facebook. And again, Redmond Wines. Cool. Well, this has been awesome learning all about this. I've taken some notes. I'm in the middle of planning a, a couple itineraries for clients who want to come visit Napa this year. So I think um, I'm really going to be able to, to give them a really good experience. Thanks for all these tips and advice and, and coming on the show. Thank you.